here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I was out for the first night of Passover last night. I want to thank my buddy Larry O'Connor Berg. No, I'm just kidding. Larry O'Connor for filling in. <clears throat> I want to read you something. I want to read you something for a reason. Stick with me. From the Los Angeles Times, this is a few years back during the Clinton presidency. The chief of China's military intelligence secretly directed funds from Beijing to help re-elect President Clinton in 1996. Former Democratic fundraiser Johnny Chung has told federal investigators. Chung provided damning testimony before a federal grand jury that the Chinese government wanted Clinton re-elected. Charlie Tree, a longtime friend of President Clinton, raised $1.2 million in foreign dollars for the Clinton Legal Defense Fund and the DNC. Los Angeles Times also reported James T. Riotti, another longtime friend of Bill Clinton, he had extensive ties to Communist China, and his banking group acknowledged in court papers they made millions of dollars in illegal campaign donations to Democratic presidential and congressional candidates dating to 1988, including hundreds of thousands of dollars to Clinton's first campaign for the White House in 1992. Johnny Wong raised more than $1.5 million from illegal foreign sources and visited the White House 78 times. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? It's pretty bad stuff, don't you think? Bill Clinton was never charged. In fact, there was never investigation of Bill Clinton by the Department of Injustice under Janet Reno, and she refused to extend then independent counsel Ken Starr's portfolio to include this. Uh, 
the communist Chinese military poured millions and millions of dollars into the Clinton campaigns, into the Democrat National Committee, and there was never any investigation of what Bill Clinton knew and when he knew it, or the Democrat National Committee. And here we have a non-disclosure agreement involving President Trump in which they say he violated federal campaign law. Now what I just read to you is an unfreedom of the press. Yes, one of my books. When I was explaining how pathetic the media are, and they are pathetic. And there's more over here at Town Hall from Sarah Arnold. Earlier this week, actor Leonardo DiCaprio testified in federal court that Malaysian financier Joho Lo revealed his plans to donate up to $30 million to help Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. He testified it was a casual conversation about what party he was in support of. I told him what party I was in support of. He told me that he or he and a group were going to make a significant contribution to the Democratic Party. DiCaprio told the Washington jury it was a significant sum, something to the tune of 20 to 30 million. I said, wow, that's a lot of money. Lowe allegedly recruited Broxel Bras McKell the founding member of the iconic 1990s hip-hop group, The Fugees, to help fund a large amount of money to Obama's re-election campaign. But under U.S. federal election law, foreigners cannot donate to presidential campaigns. Lowe is facing federal criminal charges for allegedly embezzling $4.5 billion from Malaysia's one MDB sovereign wealth fund, DiCaprio is a crucial witness due to his relationship with the financier, who also helped fund the actor's 2013 movie, The Wolf of Wall Street. 2018, the Department of Justice reached a civil settlement with the film's production company, which forfeited $60 million, which was found to have been stolen from 1MDB. Since then, DiCaprio has been cooperating with the U.S. government. According to prosecutors, Mikhail, who could wire the money from Lowe's account into Obama's campaign without being detected. They also believe he worked with others to persuade the Trump administration to stop investigating Lowe. But since the news broke, Lowe's been a fugitive and is being believed to be hiding in China. Other people involved have been charged with bribery, money laundering, and other crimes. Wow. Tens of millions of dollars may have wound up in the Obama campaign. Anybody investigating Obama, Mr. Producer? Wow, ladies and gentlemen. No national, no, uh, non-disclosure agreement there from years and years and years and years ago. I just want to point out how this works, America. But there's even more. From Hot Air, Ed Morrissey. FEC Commissioner to brag, we already concluded no crime took place, pal. If you slice and dice one payoff into 34 misdemeanors with the intent to claim action intended to cover up a serious crime, shouldn't you name that crime? 
Alvin Bragg still hasn't done so, despite going through with an arraignment, what appears to be a secret charge of some sort. Presumably, Bragg will argue that Donald Trump violated federal campaign finance laws and falsified business records to cover it up. That isn't the only possibility, but that has been the leading theory. That theory of the crime has two big problems, though. First off, the Federal Election Commission and the Department of Justice have jurisdiction, as you folks know, not a county DA. And second, as one FCC commissioner explained yesterday afternoon to our buddy Paul Bedard at the Washington Examiner, the FEC already investigated it. And they already concluded no crime had been committed by Trump, as did the Department of Justice. Here's what it said. A key member of the FEC today rejected the Manhattan DA's indictment of former President Trump as a violation of federal election laws. It's not a campaign violation. It's not a reporting violation of any kind, said FEC Commissioner James E. Trey Trainer. Boy, that's like four names, Mr. Producer. I don't know how you get around the evidence that both the Department of Justice in their investigation of the federal campaign finance issues and the Federal Election Commission in their ultimate jurisdiction over campaign finance issues, neither of them found there to be any violations whatsoever. And I think the jury's going to see that a, they're going to have to rely upon the fact that both the law enforcement experts and civil enforcement experts, as far as campaign finance is concerned, didn't find any violation of the law. And I guess that's why the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York wasn't interested either, folks. So it's been investigated by the FEC. It's been investigated by the DOJ. They said there's no crime. There's not even a reporting violation. In the case of Clinton and Obama, they received tens of millions of dollars, as did the DNC in Clinton's years, from the communist Chinese military. But no problem there. Now, if the judge in Manhattan hearing the case sticks to the rule of law, it's tough to see how a jury gets this question at all. In the first place, prosecutors are generally not allowed to withhold charges in an arraignment. An arraignment is supposed to formally satisfy the constitutional requirement that defendants get fully apprised of the charges against them. It's not unusual to add counts to indictments after arraignments as investigations proceed. But it's unheard of to predicate misdemeanors into felonies on the basis of covering up another felony without naming the felony on which the other felony charges are predicated, even worse than that. They talk about underlying crimes. He didn't commit any underlying crimes. That's the point. Even if he were to name 500 crimes, Trump wasn't convicted, let alone charged with any of these crimes. You don't get a, hey, he did this to cover up another crime, but he didn't commit another crime, let alone this crime. Now, we don't let prosecutors use secret charges in American courtrooms. At least we didn't until now. That defect is front and center in Bragg's presentation in court, even before a judge tackles jurisdiction. So there you have it. But what if the predicate felony, he writes, isn't a federal campaign violation? Bragg hinted at the presser after the arraignment that the underlying felony was a state crime, even though a statement of facts attached to the indictment hinted at a federal campaign violation, another theory floating since the 
arraignment is that Bragg will charge Trump with conducting a fraud on voters in New York County through paying off Stormy Daniels and presumably Karen McDougal to keep them from talking about an affair. That theory has any number of problems. I've talked about the John Edwards precedent. But anyway, the biggest problem is he's not guilty of any underlying state crime either. That's the bottom line. So, the law doesn't even matter here, does it? Nobody cares. They're just rushing ahead. The Democrats trying to influence the election, trying to interfere with another election, trying to create precedent. And once again, for multiple times, this show's heard all over the country. It's heard all over the world, actually. I'm asking Republican prosecutors out there to take a very good look at your own statutes, local, state, and even federal, but particularly the state prosecutors, the DAs, the state prosecutors, and so forth. See if there's anything there that you can use to charge Biden or any senior Democrat official. I mean, if you're not 100% certain, you're 80% certain that it'll fly, then do it. It's the only way this will stop. Do it. Because otherwise, this will continue. You'd be doing it for your country. You'd be doing it in the name of the law. It is a legitimate reply and response. It's the only way to at least begin the process of clawing us back from the abyss because we're already falling into the abyss. But I wanted you to be aware of Johnny Chung and Charlie Tree, many of you remember, and then the monies that flowed into the Obama campaign and how people really didn't want to look. Oh, let's not look. Let's look askanced. A what? Askanced. And of course, it's the same reason they won't dig into Joe Biden, who's been bought and paid for by the communist Chinese, and that's why they're on the move. That's why they've gotten as far as they've gotten under this administration. In our hemisphere, in Africa, in the Middle East, obviously in uh, Southeast Asia. They've gotten this far because Joe Biden has bought and paid for it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said, tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com.
You know, I think, Mr. Bidus, other than uh, the erectile dysfunction and this, uh, whatever this deodorant is for your body parts and so forth, which are the worst ads ever on TV. The worst ever. Ever. With this Peroni's disease. The worst ever. It's embarrassing. You have little kids. You got to watch this stuff. But these pharmaceutical drugs, those ads are pretty stupid too, don't you think? Playing tennis, eating hot dogs, going out. And you know it's all fake and phony. Or the woman that's dancing with the guy. and It's like, ooh, how much I'd pay you to do that? But the funniest one, I think it's progressive insurance with that guy who has those various younger people who are acting like their parents, supposedly. You see that with the guy on the elevator? Now, those are hilarious. I'm sorry it's progressive. I, you know, I know that's a leftist owner of that company. He's close to Bill Clinton. I guess that's why they call it progressive. But that said, their commercials are, to me, the funniest. Now, we talked about the monies that flowed into the Clinton campaign from the communist Chinese, the monies that flowed into the Obama campaign from the communist Chinese, the money that flowed into the Biden family from the communist Chinese, and then you wonder why, wow, these commies are really catching up with us. Oh, I wonder why. Because they bought and paid for the Democrat Party, that's why. But the Democrats have massively increased the size of the IRS now. They did that without a single Republican vote. Uh, Joe Biden considers this a great victory because he knows he'll never have a problem. That wonderful kid of his will never have a problem because have they been audited? I think the Appropriations Committee or the Ways and Means Committee need to look into this. Probably the Ways and Means Committee. They went after Donald Trump. Hey, boys and girls on the uh, Ways and Means Committee, I don't know who you are off the top of my head. I'm sure you're very, very busy. You are to subpoena the S-Corporation records of Joe and Dr. Jill. You know, Joe and Jill. J.J., but the IRS, there's a Washington Compost story. They intend to overhaul 10 times increase in audits of the wealthy. Are you among the wealthy? You might be surprised. I'll be right back. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said, Tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. 
Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. IRS and Treasury Department officials said today that they will use 80 billion dollars in new funding for the tax service to claw back unpaid balances from high-income earners and complex businesses, restoring audits on those taxpayers to higher rates for more than a decade ago and to boost consumer service resources for middle- and low-income tax filers. This is all propaganda. This is all propaganda. 87,000 IRS agents, they need to be busy with the other 80,000 IRS agents. I want you to think about that. That's 170,000 IRS agents. You think they're there just to go after billionaires? You don't need 170,000 IRS agents to go after billionaires. They're going to retool the IRS. They're only going to go over the wealthy. You know, I keep going through this. And you know what's interesting about this article? Nowhere do they define what the wealthy means. It's like democracy. I mean, the communist Chinese talk about the democratic republic of this. Castro talks about democracy. So democracy means everything and democracy means nothing. The people... People commit genocide on behalf of the people. Pol Pot, Adolf Hitler, or the people. Now that's not this, but I'm just talking about language per se. So when they said we're going to go over the wealthy, okay, can you tell us who are the wealthy? Now one of the reasons that they have to audit the poorest of the poor when they file taxes is because there's a lot of scams that go on. Illegal aliens, no offense. If you're here illegally, no offense, of course. Or other people who get basically subsidies, even though they claim that they're paying taxes uh, in the media and so forth. The low-income taxpayers. Well, low-income taxpayers, I mean really low-income taxpayers, they get subsidies. They get health care subsidies for themselves and their kids. And they get stipends for themselves and their kids. The more kids you have, the more stipends you get. So that needs to be looked at. It's not like, hey, let's focus on the poor. So they're trying to make sure that fraud in these massive welfare programs and the redistribution programs uh, is kept to a minimum. But they fail horribly at that as well. And they will never agree to what I believe ought ought to take place, a flat income tax. Or a flat national sales tax. Now, to have a national sales tax, you'd have to amend the Constitution. Sorry, you would. You have to amend the Constitution. There's nothing in the Constitution about a sales tax. You'll see there's a section on taxes in the original Constitution, and there's an amendment to the constitutional income taxes. So if we had a flat 10% tax, that would pay for everything. Except the Democrat Party base doesn't want to pay any taxes. That's the truth. The Democrat Party base receives more than it gives. That's why they keep expanding government, keep expanding government programs, subsidies, redistribution of wealth. 
And when you look at budget uh, at uh, Biden's budgets, he basically has and there's exceptions to this, of course, Republicans subsidizing Democrats. That's what you're doing. Republicans are subsidizing Democrats. And that's how he does his budget. All right, the big news today was John Kirby. Did you know he's an admiral? He's an admiral. You know why he's an admiral? Because they keep pulling him up one rank after another, after the rank ladders, you know, one step after another. The guy has been in PR his entire life. Oh, Admiral, Admiral Kirby. Call him Admiral. What kind of Admiral is this? Plus he lies to us. So the withdrawal from Afghanistan is Trump's fault. Did you know this? They change all of Trump's policies, but this policy they couldn't figure out how to change. Joe Biden, you know, Harry Truman used to say the buck stops here. I think we need a new sign for Biden, the schmuck stops here, because Biden takes responsibility for nothing. He takes all the oil out of the strategic oil reserve for emergencies. You know, he sucks the lifeblood out of the country. And then, ooh, let's see, are we going to blame Trump or Putin? Maybe we shouldn't blame the rich. MAGA, extremist MAGA, let's blame them. Here's uh, John Kirby at the White House. Cut one, go. While it was always the president's intent to end that war, it is also undeniable that decisions made and the lack of planning done by the previous administration significantly limited options available to him. No, they didn't. They didn't limit any options available to Biden. Biden could have said, let's put the brakes on this and take a new look at it. Biden could have said uh, whatever he wanted to do. No, there were no options limited. It's amazing. And what exact options were limited by Trump? Notice again, they don't say. Anyway, go ahead. Biden inherited a forced presence in Afghanistan of some 2,500 troops. So? Mr. Producer, I'm waiting to see how long it's going to take for you to hit the button. Since 2001, he inherited a special immigrant visa program that had been starved of resources. And he inherited a deal struck between the previous administration and the Taliban that called for the complete removal of all U.S. troops by May of 2021. Uh, Hello, 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 dummy. Everybody knows what was agreed to there. There were certain conditions that had to be met in order to withdraw by that date. It's amazing. These guys don't even comply with the Constitution, but they find this thing. While we were backed up, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't. We had a deal with the Taliban. Like that matters. Go ahead. Taliban, which had stopped its attacks while the deal was in place, would go back to war against the United States. The president's transition team asked to see plans. All right, let me let me let me let me put an end to this painful rambling by this more oh excuse me the admiral if he's an admiral i'm a five-star general i've seen as much combat as he has and boy i'll tell you what the mosquitoes in the summer around here are brutal anyway so uh let me put it to you this way you guys got 13 heroes murdered the uh 
God knows how many Americans are still there. You say a few hundred, it's more likely a few thousand. How many of our allies that put their necks on the line working for us in Afghanistan have perished and their families brutalized? Taliban represent 12% of the population of that country, just so you know, folks. And I only point this out because this isn't the first time that Joe Biden has screwed everything up. He screwed everything up with Iran. He screwed everything up with Russia and Ukraine. He screwed everything up with China. He's a screwball. He's a screw-up. That's what he is. He never tells you what his dad really said. He never said, hey, Joey, see those two men kissing over there? They're in love. I suspect Biden's father said, hey, Joey, get your dumb ass over here and get your work done and stop cheating off of other people. That's what I suspect his father really told him. Peter Ducey's having none of this. Cut two, go. Who's going to get fired over this? Peter, the purpose of the document that we're putting out today uh, is to sort of collate the chief reviews and findings of the agencies that did after action reviews um uh, the, the it, it's not the, the purpose of it is not accountability it's the purpose of it is military leaders purpose of it is to study like less you admit learn. that the intel was bad so how can president biden ever trust when they come into the oval office with the pdb that anything in is legit. What I said was that intelligence is a mosaic. What if the mosaic, all the pieces are incorrect? What I said was intelligence is hard business and they get it right a lot too. Um, there were some pieces here that weren't accurate and we're being nothing but honest with you and the American people about what those inaccuracies were and how they shaped some of the decision. No, no, no. That was it's late. Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. That's your that's your go-to response. You don't need to go through all this, Admiral. Cut three, go. It, it doesn't seem like after the country has had a couple months to review this, and as the government has, people don't have an issue with the decision to order troops out of Afghanistan. It is with the way that this president ordered it done. There were children being killed. There were people hanging off of Air Force jets that were leaving. And you're saying that you guys are proud of the way that this mission was conducted? Does it mean of that? Proud of the fact that we got more than 124,000 people safely out of Afghanistan? You bet. Proud of the fact that American troops were able to seize control of a defunct airport and get it operational in 48 hours? That's like saying that we were proud of the way this Vietnam War ended. Look at all the people we got out of there. They, they got on boats. They went into the ocean. Many of them died, were eaten by sharks. But look, otherwise all those people wouldn't have gotten out of there. Maybe more people would have gotten out of Afghanistan if it was handled properly. My question is, has this idiot ever handled anything properly? Anything. Go ahead. The fact that we now have about 100,000 Afghans, our former allies and partners, living in this country and working towards citizenship, you bet. But does that mean that everything went perfect in that evacuation? So he's proud. They're proud. That's pretty amazing. 
those people that were holding onto the plane. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Who fell to their death? He's proud. No, he's sick. Nobody gets fired. Nobody's held to account. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's amazing, America. We have a president who barely puts in a four-day week. You know all this debate about a four-day week? This guy barely puts in a three-day week. When I'm not here, it's typically, one, a holiday. Two, I have to be somewhere. It's still work. Or number three, I'm sick. I don't take a lot of vacation time here. Like later in the month, I might have to be somewhere, but it's not vacation time. Joe Biden's already left the White House. He left the White House earlier today for the holiday. It's not like he's this very religious guy. I mean, he supports abortion on demand. He supports abortion after birth. I'm sorry. I don't know how you can be a Catholic and support that. Actually, I don't know how you can be humane and support that. But I knew something was going on because in Virginia, our home is on the Potomac River. We and all the water moccasins and all the rest of it. Me, I'm not a big fan of nature. It's all around me. Nature should be outside and I'm inside. That's the way I view it. My my wife likes to be out in nature. I don't. Anyway, so uh, for the last three or four days, I kept hearing helicopters. Go up and down the river, up and down the river, because that's the way they go to get to Camp David. Maryland's on the other side. So they work their way down the river, and then they make a right turn. They go north, northeast. And uh, I tried to wave, Mr. Producer. I'm waving at the helicopters and everything, and I think they thought I was a... uh, a homeless person on the banks of the Potomac River there. Uh, they didn't wave back. No, not really. Why would I wave? Who cares? Asset managers, names you know, are using your retirement funds to further their ESG agenda. ESG stands for Radical Kook Marxist Agenda. Oh, yeah. Well, we're not done. John Kirby at his briefing today. 
Cut four, Mr. Producer, go. There was a retrograde plan working towards withdrawal where bases that we were operating out of and equipment that we had that we believe the Afghans could and should keep were turned over to them in a very thoughtful, orderly way. Uh, all the way What from- are you talking about, you schmo? You know what? My damn chair just broke it. You know what? I'm taking those ribbons off your shoulder. That's right. You're no longer an admiral. Go mop the deck, Admiral. Go ahead. This summer. Once you turn it over, it's just like what we're doing in Ukraine. We give Ukraine uh, artillery ammunition, Stinger anti-air missiles, Javelin anti-tank. It's their stuff at that point, not the Americans. It's their stuff. Excuse me. Excuse me, genius. How'd this guy get to be an admiral? We were in Afghanistan. We had a physical presence in Afghanistan. It was our stuff. It wasn't their stuff. And it certainly wasn't the Taliban's stuff. It was our stuff. This was not an orderly withdrawal and that you intended to leave these things in these different places. I mean, obviously you left it because you cut and run. That's what you did. You cut and run and you cost people their lives. Go ahead. And so this idea, this argument is just ludicrous that we. Oh, it's ludicrous. Oh, Admiral. It's ludicrous that they got our equipment. Go ahead. Millions of dollars of stuff in Afghanistan. We didn't. We turned it over as the previous administration would have done, too. Why does he keep talking for the previous administration? What is this? Cut five. Go. And so for all this talk of chaos, I just didn't see it. Not from my perch. Well, where was your perch? Where was your head? Your head was up uh, Millie's butt from your perch. You didn't see it, ladies and gentlemen. Did you not see it? Did you see the chaos? This is how they rewrite history. This guy's the worst. He's the worst. Bring uh, bring, uh, Jean-Pierre, whatever. Bring her back. Get rid of this guy. Give him the hook. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Hello. 877-381-3811. There were other things I I need to get to and I want to get to, but before I do, you know, there's a lot of opinions about Bill Clinton. I'm no fan of Bill Clinton, obviously, but he's no Barack Obama. He's no radical left-wing kook. He's a liberal. Uh, He's an adulterer. I got all that. But he said something 
yesterday. Well, unlike the Biden White House, oh, no, no, it's, uh, it's Trump and Putin, and uh, it's the railroad company with the deregulation, it's, uh, it's the American people. Oh, no, I mean it's extreme MAGA, this isn't your father's, you know, all that crap. I want you to listen to what he says and how he actually takes responsibility for this. As he gets older, I guess he's more willing to take responsibility. Cut six, go. Well, I knew that President Putin did not support the agreement President Yeltsin made never to interfere with Ukraine's territorial boundaries because he wanted Ukraine to give up their nuclear weapons. President Putin broke it and first took Crimea. And uh, I feel terrible about it because Ukraine is a very important country, and I feel a personal stake because I got them to agree to give up their nuclear weapons, and none of them believe that Russia would have pulled this stunt if Ukraine still had their weapons. I agree with them 100%. There's a first. I agree with them 100%, and I actually respect him just a little bit more for speaking the truth. And I do think he feels terrible about it. And honestly, we as a nation should feel terrible about it. There is no way, none, Putin would have invaded Ukraine if they still had their nuclear weapons. No way. And so they gave up the nukes. And now this. And he's exactly right. You know, I interviewed Donald Trump for a couple hours. We've talked about that, and that should be running in a week or two. And I don't want to jump the gun, but one of the things he did say, and it's, it's kind of a footnote, is that one of the mistakes Hillary Clinton made was that she didn't listen to Bill in 2016. And he felt that Bill Clinton had a very, very good political mind, much better than any of her advisors. And he told me that he kept telling her to go campaign in Wisconsin and campaign in Michigan. She thought she had those all wrapped up. Of course, she lost them in 2016. But he warned her to go into those states. And she didn't. And she lost them. So, and in this book that President Trump has coming out, there are letters from Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and so forth. I don't want to go into them until you hear the interview, but here he is. I think he's, he's right on, and I think he feels lousy about it. Uh, and he's right that Putin wouldn't have done this if they had their nukes. A complete disaster. Just very, very sad. This guy, Jamie Comer, who runs the House Oversight Committee, is is a star. He's a star, like Jim Jordan. I'm incredibly impressed with this man. Well, why hasn't he done anything yet? There's only so much you can do as a member of the House. But they're ramping up pretty well, and they have some things in mind in terms of subpoenas. They have to have their ducks in a row. They have to deal with the same judges that 
Trump's had to deal with in Washington, D.C., so they have to make sure their I's are dotted and their T's are crossed. And over at Red State, Nick Arama, if that is his name, says, once you open a door, don't be surprised if it swings back and hits you right in the kisser. That's what the Democrats have done with their desperate play of going after former President Trump. They're throwing anything against the wall that they can in their political attempt to get him and pair his campaign and pair the Republicans from taking back power in 2024. However, the thing is, when you throw the rules under the bus, then you expose yourself as well. Among the problems with the Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's case is that he has failed to state the underlying crime, as you know, which the charges are based, which raises another issue for dismissal and additional other legal issues. Yeah, it's not just naming the crimes that are underlying, as we keep talking about. It's that Trump wasn't charged with any of these so-called crimes. However, the assumed reason has been it's going to be based on an alleged underlying federal offense. Now, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer is reporting there are Republican prosecutors already thinking along these same lines. I sure as hell hope so, because, you know, right here we started this campaign (coughs) to encourage local prosecutors to do the same thing to Democrats. Comer's reporting, and there are these Republican prosecutors are thinking along these lines, at least two local Republican prosecutors are looking into how they can charge Joe Biden and members of his family now that Democrats have thrown down the gauntlet in the Bragg case. Comer said, I had two calls yesterday, one from a county attorney in Kentucky, one from a county attorney in Tennessee. He mentioned on uh, Fox and Friends. They were Republicans, obviously. You can be sure there are prosecutors across Florida and Texas right now. We're looking for a state law hook into the Biden family, said Tom Fenton, Judicial Watch. And if they're not, they're not doing their jobs. 100% agree. Mike Davis, a former chief counsel for nominations of the Senate Judiciary Committee, president of the Article 3 project, floated legal theories for possible prosecutions. He said, I think our Republican AGs and DAs should get creative. You see how things start here, Mr. Producer? I think it's great. I want them to keep pressing. You just need probable cause. A grand jury can't indict a ham sandwich. He said, can indict a ham sandwich, excuse me. We just saw that in New York, and the Bidens actually committed real crimes. And these are real crimes that the Bidens committed. There is smoking gun evidence the Bidens were corruptly and illegally on Chinese and Ukrainian oligarchs' payrolls. Right on. And Davis pointed to one of the Biden deals that had links to Louisiana and Tennessee. An October 2017 email from first son Hunter Biden's laptop identifies Joe Biden as a participant in a call about Chinese energy company CEFC's attempt to purchase U.S. natural gas, an effort that appears to have had corporate links to both Louisiana and Texas. A May 2017 email referred to the big guy getting a 10% cut in the business partnership. And Joe Biden allegedly met with one of his son's partners the same month. He goes on. He said, I I understand the Bidens may have had some oil and gas deals that deal with Texas. I think maybe Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton should start looking at this long and hard in Louisiana with Republican State Attorney General Jeff Landry. 
Paxton and Landry, they need to look at this, he said, and if you could find a conspiracy <coughs> and any of the overt acts of a conspiracy are committed in any of those states, you can bring charges. But Mark, but Mark, you can't indict a sitting president. Why not? You said that yourself. I did. Well, I'm not the Supreme Court. Oh, so let Biden and the Department of Justice duke it out and go to the Supreme Court. Why give them the benefit of that doubt, ladies and gentlemen? This is hand-to-hand combat right now, politically speaking. Just like this case against Trump in Manhattan. Everyone knows it's a joke. But that slob did it anyway. Hunter and James Biden ultimately received at least $4.8 million in 2017 and 2018 from CEFC. This is this communist front group. A since-defunct arm of the Beijing's Foreign Influence Belt and Road Initiative, according to a Washington Post review of the laptop records. And Dave observed that state prosecutors could also look into long-arm corruption statutes. Look into whether the Bidens failed to pay taxes in any of these states if they, if they did work there. There are a variety of potential actions you could take, folks, that wouldn't stray into the improper road that Bragg is treading now. You can pursue cases that are properly within a state's jurisdiction without trying to improperly bootstrap a federal crime. You can deal with the legitimate allegations that have been floating out there for a while that haven't been addressed. So unlike the Democrats, you'd be pursuing the crimes and not just the man. Although I have no problem with pursuing the man at this point. There are at least three federal investigations into the Bidens now, but not really. Committees of Congress and so forth. But I agree with the gist of this very much. And uh, I will encourage Republican DAs and attorneys general all across the country. The issue of whether you can indict a sitting president, let the attorney general of the United States defend against that. Who cares what they think? There is simply no court case of any kind ruling on this. Not one. Again, my own view is you can't, but I'm not a judge. Gloves off. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code 
Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Should we take a deep dive, America? I think we should take a deep dive. One of my favorite philosophers of the last century was a man by the name of Raymond Aron, A-R-O-N. He was French, still one of my favorite philosophers. A lot of great philosophers who were French. A lot of great who weren't, but that's the nature of the beast. He was a journalist, but he was a philosopher, and he was a brilliant, brilliant man. And it's too bad people aren't exposed to people like this in school, but instead the worst genocidal murderers in the history of mankind like Marx. And he wrote a book called Democracy and Totalitarianism, A Theory of Political Systems. Absolutely brilliant book. And I want to read you something, and I want you to think about the current situation that's going on in this country. He says, in part, by the fact that more than one party has the legal right to exist the parties inevitably compete for the exercise of power. Like in America. A party has, in fact, as its objective, not necessarily to exercise power, but a share in the exercise of power. Because there are more competing parties, there must be rules by which the game is played. Therefore, a multi-party competitive regime is constitutional. The different candidates for the legal exercise of power know what, what means they have the right to use and what they should not use. And of course you can see as I read that that the Democrat Party is destroying all of that. From the plurality of the parties, the legality of opposition can also be deduced. If several parties have the right to exist, and if... They are not all in power. Inevitably, it follows that some of them will be in opposition. Therefore, by taking as our starting point the legal plurality of the parties, we've also evoked the legality of opposition. Is this understandable, Mr. Producer? That those who govern can be legally opposed is a relatively rare phenomenon in history, characteristic of a certain type of regime that of the Western countries. And from the legality of opposition, one can deduce an even more general phenomenon, which is the moderate or legal form that the exercise of authority takes in such cases. The, the two adjectives, legal and moderate, are not synonymous. One can imagine the exercise of power which conforms to laws which are not moderate. If the laws themselves are based on such discrimination between citizens that their simple application involves an element of violence. On the other hand, illegal governments can be moderate. We have seen despots, men who govern without being subject to constitutional law, who nevertheless do not misuse their power to bring to trial and execute their adversaries. What is true is that in the measure in which legal competition between the parties for the exercise of power takes place, the exercise itself has every chance of being restricted by the existing laws, and consequently, it tends to be moderate. So what he's really describing is the civil society. 
Thus, we come to the following definition of the regimes which are characteristic of Western countries. They're regimes in which the peaceful rivalry for the exercise of power exists constitutionally. Constitutionally. It is constitutional, whether written or not. And rules lay down the modalities of rivalry between individuals and groups for the exercise of power. The competition is peaceable. Peaceful. The use of guns or coup d'etat, a frequent phenomenon in many countries, is contrary to the, Eastern, uh, to the essence of Western regimes. And yet we had a coup d'etat attempt, didn't we? Several, during the course of the Trump presidency. And um, in terms of the Constitution, pulling down monuments, trashing the men who wrote the Constitution, rejecting the Constitution, this is what we're facing today. This is what we're facing today. This is why I'm reading this to you. The use of guns or a coup d'etat, a frequent phenomenon in many countries, is contrary to the essence of Western regimes in a democracy. Men quarrel about how to obtain certain benefits, which cannot be extended to everyone. But they do not quarrel for the sake of quarreling. And if they overstep the limits, if they violate the rules, then the regime is no longer what we call today democratic. The legal exercise of power differs in nature from what we call the seizure of power. The exercise of power is essentially temporary. When the winner prevents the loser from running again, we have what we in the West call democracy. We have banned opposition. Not democracy, he says, because we have banned the opposition. Sound familiar, America? Trying to put the leader of the opposition in prison? So the opposite of what everything Raymond Iran says here about a constitutional civil society is totalitarianism. It is the Democrat Party. That's what it is. I'll be right back. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. Now, Lennon, he wrote a book called What Is to Be Done? I purchased that book. Unfortunately, I had to do that. It's not very long. It's really what you consider a very long essay, not a 
and that is a very short book. And what's interesting is, uh, in 1903, he didn't make it public, but he but he promoted this approach to Marxism, which he called democratic centralism. And I told you that's why this word democratic almost means nothing, when you can use it in service for one of the most vicious governments to ever exist. Because they were struggling, or they, they were at least trying to come up with ideas on how to impose Marxism should they win this revolution that they were going to start, and then during the revolution and after the revolution. And so this democratic centralism is what they came up with. Well, what does that mean? It means a monopolistic political party. You won't find that in any of Marx's writings. Trotsky, on the other hand, believed in the bottom-up, that the members of the party should have a say in the party. You, you see these huge, these huge places. You saw where Xi was in this massive place with thousands and thousands of members of their Communist Party. They have absolutely no say over anything. Period. They might be given assignments, all right, you're the mayor, you're, you're the deputy mayor, you're the fine, but they have no say in anything. The chairman of the party is in control of everything. That is the chairman of the Politburo, the secretary general. Democratic centralism. Stalin picked up on that too. And these in many ways were very, very vicious, vile men. It's not that different from fascism except it's more ubiquitous than fascism. That is communism within the society. Of course, if you're uh, punished or you're the enemy of the society, it doesn't much matter. But you get my point. And so when Lenin took over, it was top-down. Period. Anybody who challenged the party, anybody who they thought might challenge the party, anybody who they thought challenged the agenda of the party, the policy of the party, was killed. You can't have paradise when you have a whole bunch of free-thinking, free-will people out there going on their own. You must destroy them. And not only the people who are actually opposed to what you're doing, people who might be opposed to what you're doing. Yeah. Lawyers, professors, case of Ukraine, the peasants would not agree to communal farms. They'd lived on these plots of land for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. They wouldn't give them up. And so what they did is they encircled Ukraine, starved the people. Millions of people died of starvation. The New York Times covered it up with, uh, with their reporter. But that's a different story. And what also happens is these men are insane. They're insanely jealous. And so they wind up killing each other. Stalin executed people who were extremely close to him, who were 100% Stalinists, who did everything he wanted them to do. And that's why he would kill them. 
because he didn't trust them. These guys are psychopaths. They're paranoid. And that's the problem with democratic centralism. That's the problem with centralism, <coughs> period. Of course, these are extreme examples, but in our own country, the Democrat Party's constantly pushing for centralism. Lenin also talked, and I can go through all these guys if you want. Mao, what's Maoism? What's Trotskyism? Probably bore half of you. I very much apologize for my throat and my coughing and my clearing my throat. I'm struggling like hell, but I didn't want to miss tonight's show. In any event, uh, Lenin also said we cannot just assume that communism will naturally flow in the juices of the people, that all of a sudden they'll want to work on communes, all of a sudden they'll give up their, their licenses and their degrees and they'll leave the cities for the, for the farms and leave the farms for the city. They must be compelled to do the right thing for their own sake. And so they would say, we have to pass these laws and force people to do what we insist that they do, whether they like it or not. This is a mentality, again, in the Democrat Party, again, not to the same extreme or aggressiveness, of course, but it's the same mentality. You look at California, Newsom. We're going to ban cars that run on fossil fuels. Nobody had a say in that. So we legislate it. We legislate all these rules. We legislate the environmental rules. There's brownouts, there's blackouts, people are suffering. Okay, so? So you break a few eggs to make an omelet, as Walter Durandy once said about the massive genocide against the Ukrainians. It's the way it goes. We have to tough it out. Or at least they do. And so he didn't believe that these things will naturally occur. He didn't think Marx was right about that. So it has to be imposed. And every single communist leader today and before who actually took over a country believes that. That all this nonsense about Marxism being the natural occurrence and so forth. No, you have to impose it. You see this guy, Un, this inbred, Un. He killed his uncle via marriage. He's killed a lot more than him. Anybody around him looks at him funny. He's, the regime in <clears throat> North Korea is the closest thing we have today to a modern Stalinist regime. Called a personality. And so they impose their will. They're not expecting any uh, natural movement towards, you know, communism or anything like that. The natural movement's in the other direction. Nor do they expect a natural industrial revolution where the proletariat rises up. These guys had relatively small backing, about a third of the population. In each case... It wasn't the proletariat rising up. In a lot of these countries, there was no proletariat. That is, there were just poor people, peasants, and so forth. But you can hear 
the vapors of this stuff in our own country with the Democrat Party. The centralization of government, the centralization of programs, the imposition of regulations, the impositions of taxations. That's not intended to pay for the needs of government, but intended to literally rejigger society, redistribute wealth to preferred groups or populations and, and take money from the, the groups that are not preferred and so forth, or based on race and racism, or based on something except individualism. You don't hear the Democrats talk about individualism. They despise it. You don't hear them talk about private property rights. They don't believe in it. Obviously, except if it's their own. But that's beside the point. You don't ever hear them talk about unalienable rights because they don't believe in it. They don't believe in the founding. Which is why they embrace the 1619 Pride and all these efforts to destroy the country and our economic system and unity. And Trump is a guy that stands up to this. You see, Chris Christie, Chris Christie is, he's a laughing stock to these people. Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough, when it comes to history, is a pimple on a dinosaur's ass. Nobody's, these people are not to be remembered because they're not memorable. They just flitter around. They don't accept the responsibility if they're public people in public positions. To really take a look at what's going on in the country and to speak out against it. They attack one of the few people. He's not the only one, but he's one of the few <coughs> who stands up to this. But he is the only one that has withstood a withering, vicious, brutal, endless assault. And now they're trying to take his liberty away from him. History will remember this. History will remember this, and history will remember those who who support his efforts to defend this republic and those who do not. History will remember. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. 
So Kevin McCarthy visited with the president of Taiwan, and the commies are feigning that they're upset. Don't ever do that again. So they're threatening our top officials. That's how cocky they've become. So I have a message for Xi and all the other grotesque, genocidal, mass-murdering swine over there in communist China. Go stick it, you jerk. That's right, I said it. Think you're a tough guy. Yeah, yeah, you got the military, you got the secret police. But you, you ever look in the mirror, you ever see this guy, Mr. Producer? It's another slob with the pot belly and everything. Another slob, little dabble do him. You jerk. Gee, the jerk. That's right. Threatening our officials all the time. Like that other clown. That other head case, the monster, Putin. I notice he's not working, walking around without his shirt on, like he used to. What, he got man boobs now, Putin? By the way, Xi certainly does, wouldn't you guess, Mr. Producer? I think he's built like Ted Kennedy, uh, the late, great Ted Kennedy, in one of those photos where he's on a boat off of uh, Hyannisport. Remember that? All ashore that's going ashore. But anyway, enough with these damn threats. Kevin McCarthy on MSLSD today. Why you're there, Kevin, I don't know. There's pointless. Cut seven, go. Do you worry that meeting with President Tsai in the United States is going to further escalate the tensions? There we have Tokyo Rose. There she is. Whatever you do, uh, don't be seen with the president of Taiwan. That'll escalate things. Oh, okay. Okay, Andrea, if that's your name. Yeah, yeah, okay. Go ahead. Means, I mean, I, I would sit down with President Xi. Macron is sitting down with President Xi. What I think would foster a worse situation is a lack of communication. Exactly. Which- exactly. Andrea should get the hook, too. It's time for some fresh... Well, no, they're no good either. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 8773. Anyway, uh, America's governor... Ron DeSantis at Midland County, Michigan, at an event there. I like Ron DeSantis a lot. Cut 17, go. But I will say this, do what Florida did, get rid of ballot harvesting, get rid of Zuckerbucks, but if that's not the law in your state, you need to use those rules for Republicans' advantage. You can't have Republicans fighting with one hand behind their backs. And so I think you should have ballot harvesting where it's legal and then fight to have the legislatures in those states get rid of it because that's not the way you should conduct an election. But if you let Democrats do all this and all we do is complain about it, you're giving the Democrats an advantage, and I'm sick of that. 100%. Now, I'll tell you one of the things I really like about DeSantis. 
he's very earnest. You can tell he's very earnest. He's very down to earth. He's a regular guy. He doesn't come across like a politician in the least. Like that swine from uh, California, uh, Gavin Newsom. He's all politician all the time, and you know he's a fraud and a phony. He's the kind of guy that's staring in a mirror all the time. By the way, I've concluded, I was thinking about this during the break, Mr. Producer. I think uh, Comrade Chairman uh, Secretary Xi is transitioning. I really do. I think he's tied one of those phony pregnancy pillows around his stomach as he marches around uh, China. So let the word go out far and wide to our national and international audience. Chairman Xi is transitioning. Nothing wrong with that, by the way, as I understand it. That he's definitely transitioning. Furthermore, I believe all this talk about Vladimir Putin having this, having, I think he already transitioned. I think that's why we haven't seen nor heard from him for a long time. All right, back to this. There are commercials being run, of course, trashing DeSantis. I guess that's to be expected. But he's a good man. He really is. Wonderful father and husband, a wonderful governor person and so forth. And uh, I think a lot of politicians can learn a lot from him. But again, when you hear him speak, this is a guy who's speaking from the heart, who loves his country, who served his country. And it came from very modest means. But he sounds very different than your average politician. He doesn't sound like a politician to begin with. Cut 18, go. Florida really, I think, um, played an important role in the history of our country over the last three or four years. Uh, but the voters in Florida responded, and what used to be a swing state, you know, now the Democratic Party in Florida is a hollow shell. It's like a dead carcass on the side of the road. I mean, we have beat the left in the state of Florida. And how did you do in New Jersey, uh, Chris Christie? Chris Christie, the... Uh the fraud that he is. And I'm not kidding. He didn't change New Jersey one iota. Look at me. I got 61% of the vote. Yeah, by acting like a Democrat, you slob. Cut 19, go. Everything we did uh, throughout that whole process, we were met with attacks from the left, we were met with attacks from legacy media. We were met with attacks from bureaucrats like Fauci. You were we met re- with attacks from the New Jersey Hindenburg? Or if you prefer, a.k.a. the Cape Mayorka? Go ahead. By some Republicans, uh, particularly early on. And yet now we can look back and say, Florida got it right. The elites like Fauci were wrong. They were wrong about lockdowns. They were wrong about masking. They were wrong about closing schools. They were wrong to deny the existence of natural immunity. They were wrong about the efficacy of mRNA shots. And they tried to cover up the fact 
that this virus came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They called you a conspiracy theorist. And so we now know that that's the case. But it did a lot of damage to our country. In fact, if you look at some of the problems we have now, a lot of that grew out of those Fauci policies uh, three years ago. So my question is, where is the accountability for these people? How come nobody's been held accountable for any of this? And he's right. Because under Fauci, and probably long before any of us were paying attention, they've turned science into an ideology. Let me repeat that so the backbenchers can memorize it. They turned science into an ideology. It doesn't have to do with knowledge or the pursuit of knowledge. It was turned into an ideology. Now we have reports from prominent, prominent scientific organizations or organizations that monitor scientific organizations that masking really didn't do anything and neither did lockdowns. Now, students were locked out of schools, particularly the younger students who were the least likely to even get infected, let alone sick. It was just horrendous. That was a, 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 a bowing down to the teachers' unions. That's what that was. Bowing down to the teachers' unions. Hold on a second here. Hello? Hello? Hello, this is Acredo, your pharmacy calling... Oh, it's my pharmacy calling. I did that on the air because I'm sick of this 800 number crap. You get that a lot, Mr. Producer? It's endless. I try to block them. There's no, there's no way around it. So if it was actually a person, I was going to humiliate them. You know how I can be. But it wasn't. Caroline Jean-Pierre. Well, I shouldn't get into this because I only have a minute or two before our guest. Our guest is Cash Patel. Cash Patel worked for Devin Nunez. The damn chair is broken. It's the arm. Listen to this. Hear that? The, uh, he worked for uh, Devin Nunes, his top staffer, and he also was chief of staff to the Secretary of Defense for a period of time. And, of course, he has to come on the program, and we love to have cash on the program because he's very, very good. So I need to take a break now. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, it's good to have our friend Cash Patel with us, who worked with Devin Nunes, was chief of staff to the Secretary of Defense. Cash Patel, it looks like the Admiral, they like to call him Admiral Kirby, uh, is blaming Donald Trump for Afghanistan. Don't you get sick and tired of these guys taking responsibility for nothing? And not only that, he didn't see any chaos at the end there. No, you're absolutely right, Mark. Great to be with you. Look, as chief of staff at the Department of Defense, by regulation, I was charged by Donald Trump to lead the presidential transition from Biden to uh, from Trump to Biden, and we did the largest presidential transition in U.S. DOD history. So when a guy like Kirby comes out and says he didn't see the chaos, did he miss the Afghans plunging to their deaths? 
on our C-130s or the seven children that Biden drone struck and killed in response to the 13 American soldiers that were allowed to be blown up because Biden left the terrorists out of Bagram detention facilities. These are hard facts. And the fact that they are lying and disgracing our uniformed service members, especially the fallen, shows you the leaps they are willing to take with the mainstream media just to cover a political narrative. We put the mission first because that's what President Trump told us to do. And we transitioned and Millie and Austin and company refused to meet with us in person about the transition, but we sent it to him anyway. The materials are there for the world to read. Really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, so Millie and Austin wouldn't meet with, and, and, and of course, Millie, up until the end, was still subordinate to the Secretary of Defense. They wouldn't yeah. meet with your transition yeah. folks? Millie did his own transition because what he cared about was keeping his own job. He could call me at 3 a.m. worried that Donald Trump would fire him. I said, sir, if you're the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, you do your job advising the president. You have nothing to be worried about. But if you enter the political fray like you've done, then you should be worried. And the secretary of defense, the incoming Austin, refused to receive Chris Miller, our SecDesk phone calls. My chief of staff counterpart incoming called her from overseas, said I'm at your disposal 24-7. Those are the instructions from the White House, refused to meet with me. But in the heights of COVID, we still orchestrated the largest transition of documents and meetings with our subordinates because the mission was far too important. The Biden administration felt it appropriate to take time to fire my employees who are on maternity and paternity leave. That was their focus, not the withdrawal. But this is amazing. It's the first I've heard this. Um, the whole idea of a transition is so you can peacefully and, and competently transition from one administration to the other. They've attacked you guys for interrupting that process on January 6th. And here we have the Biden administration doesn't want to hear from the existing administration. And this guy, Millie. I mean, if we take the White House back, that guy's got to go. And the sooner the better. No. Oh, he's out. He's actually, his term expires this fall, so we won't have to worry about him coming back. But we will have to fix the damage that he's done. He's just not a military man to me. I mean, maybe he spent his whole life in the military. Maybe he was very brave and heroic and all that. He's definitely in the wrong position, that guy. He is uh, a weasel. That's what he is. He's a weasel. He's a... He's a political monster. He's the kraken of the swamp and makes Nancy Pelosi look like Mickey Mouse when it comes to politics. This guy cared about his job and keeping it. Excuse me, Minnie. Minnie Mouse. Millie used to know how to act because I was there when we took out al-Baghdadi. And Millie Mm -hmm. on that evening acted appropriately with the president. So I knew he knew how to do his job. And I knew he turned political. Just like the January 6th narrative, we led that effort. And the Biden administration's DOD inspector general said we acted swiftly and appropriately. People should look at the Biden DOD's Afghan withdrawal report and see what they say about our actions. You're not you're not free to talk or you don't feel free to talk about that grand jury that you were dragged in front of, are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I want to talk about it um, endlessly, and I want to but talk about the law and what classified information is, but i got to hold powder for just now. Yeah, I understand. Well, when you're ready, let me know, okay? Because uh, absolutely, this, this whole operation. Now, so that's Afghanistan. Now we have this preposterous indictment of Donald Trump, and everybody knows it's preposterous. 
But I keep my eye on Atlanta and Washington, too, because a lot of these legal analysts, as I call them, they will turn on a dime and all of a sudden, well, this is serious now, you know, uh, this one. And I said that the Manhattan one wasn't, but the Atlanta one's very, very serious. Don't you smell that coming? (laughs) Yeah, the former federal prosecutor and public defender, one of the rare people to have done both sides of the aisle, I see the political Not in the same case, I hope. Not in the same case, but they're going to try to be the ones that get Trump and weaponize justice. But we've been talking about a two-tier system of justice for years now. It's not a right-wing conspiracy narrative. And Donald Trump has brilliantly taken Alvin Bragg and put him on defense and created the reality for many Americans who are blinded by their lives to say, you could be next because they care about political prosecutions, not those based in law. So I'm the guy that may be in the minority. I don't want the motion to dismiss tomorrow or next week. I want it a year or two away from the Trump team because I want the discovery. I want the evidence to come out just like it did in Russiagate and put it out for America to read about their fraudulent actions, their misrepresentations in court and their political motivation and let America be the judge of the two tier system of justice. Don't you think that there was ever an example of a case to disbar a prosecutor? This is it. Well, this and half the ones Merrick Garland's brought and, and right. everything else. But you know how the disbarment goes in the state of New York. You remember Kevin Kleinsmith? He lied to, as an FBI attorney, lied to a FISA court just yeah. to get a surveillance warrant. The D.C. bar disbar, didn't disbar him, suspended him, and just reinstated him. So there's no consequences for these folks. But there should be from Congress because Alvin Bragg utilized federal funds to bring this prosecution. So I ask our committee chairs, where are the subpoenas? to produce the documentation and witnesses to show the fraudulent acts for Alvin Bragg to interfere in the 2020s. Well, it actually looks like they're working on him. You know, as you well know, they got to get all their ducks lined up so some liberal judge in Washington, yeah. D.C. doesn't just burp it out. And speaking of that, so here we have an Obama appointee who's the chief district judge handling all the motions filings <laughs> on the grand jury, all of them. Donald Trump loses yep. every single one. Then she blows out his attorney-client privilege at the end. Then we have a panel on the D.C. Circuit. People need to understand they did to the D.C. Circuit what they want to do to the Supreme Court. They packed it. Unfortunately, one of the judges was appointed by Donald Trump. I, I absolutely believe he didn't know who that guy was. It was probably recommended to him from somebody from the Federalist Society. And, uh, and he has no attorney-client privilege. What the hell is that? Well, as as a former attorney and as someone who's appeared before that judge, you've seen the depths of the weaponization of the judicial branch, which is supposed to be the last measure to check the executive and the legislative branch. But I want my grand jury transcripts from those proceedings out because I want to show the world how weaponized and politicized these justices and chief judges are. And we have to keep moving through the appellate court system and take that to the U.S. Supreme Court um, in order to get what we need and congress also has oversight over these justices and they have the impeachment power so if such a blatant disregard for the law was executed why hasn't the house of representatives instituted impeachment proceedings against these federal judges well i can think of a couple reasons because it's not going to go anywhere the republicans of the senate are such a disaster oh i have a question for you Uh, we haven't heard much about mitch mcconnell i really think he he really, really must have hurt himself, don't you? We don't hear anything about yeah, him. We don't yeah. hear anything about his health. He hasn't mentioned anything about the Bragg prosecution. I mean, I hope the man is well. 
but he has decidedly made his position abundantly clear. He's not for the America First agenda. No, he's and not, he but I don't he's, think he's a, he's even in a position to take a position right now because we don't hear about him. We don't. True. He's not even showing up for work. Well, that's the problem with having no term limits, and that's why I think Donald All Trump these old guys. to announce that, that we need term limits for senators and members of the House of Representatives. Two terms apiece or three terms apiece in the House, and that's it. Um, that was a, that was the intent of our founding fathers. So who's running the Senate then? I mean, you'll say Schumer, but you know, do they? Fetterman just came back. Diane Feinstein's walking into the walls. I'm quite. T- you got you got this guy Blunt. Did you see what he's doing now? This guy Blunt from Missouri is leaving his Senate seat to become a uh, a Washington hack, a a well paid Washington lobbyist of sorts. Of course. I mean, uh, do they have enough members there now? Well, that's actually a great point. That's the point. When the Feinsteins of the world drop out, it makes them harder to reach the threshold necessary to pass legislation. So this is where Republicans should be maneuvering to take advantage and pass legislation and watch Joe Biden veto it so we can at least have a declared position from the White House. But there's no maneuvering over there in the Senate that I can see. No, it sounds like they have respect for the Democrats, so they're not going to take steps that they should. Cash Patel, I want to thank you, my friend. Have a wonderful, uh, if you celebrate it, wonderful Easter. Take care of yourself. You too. God bless. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin. The Thunder on the Right. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Okay. Let's take some questions, shall we? Yes, we can. CJ, Baltimore, Maryland on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hi, Mark. I can't believe I'm talking to you. This is a great honor. Um, speaking of witch hunts in the media, I wanted to bring up an issue of Clarence Thomas. This, this uh, kind of concerned me. I saw a story on Facebook and then a, a hit piece on CNN talking about him in vacations with this GOP donor or something. I think they're just trying to make a something out of nothing. But it's like the left go on vacation. I don't know anything about it. So I only know what's being reported, but I do know this. He never went on vacation at Epstein's Island like Clinton. This much I know. He never was uh, friends, good friends, with domestic terrorists like Obama. No pictures with him and Louis Farrakhan. I know that much. So there are things I know, but I don't know a lot about that specific issue. So we'll have to wait and see. 
Okay, so All right, my friend. Have I uh, silenced you with my genius? Okay. Apparently so. Thank you very much. Uh, let us continue, shall we? Let us go to Bill, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Bill, how are you? Yes, well, go right good ahead. Evening, Mark. Uh, good evening. Happy uh, Passover to you. Um, and thank I, you, I, sir. I was just thinking about this whole issue with the Trump indictment, and I, I, I have a theory, and I'd be curious as to what your, your thoughts are on it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm just wondering, is, is it possible... <laughs> that this could be a Democrat uh, orchestrated scheme to, uh, you know, stimulate um, attorneys general and DAs on the Republican side to pursue indictments against Biden to push him out of the way as a candidate for president (laughs) in 2024 because he's so incompetent. No, I don't think so. That's like three steps removed. That's uh, let's get Trump so the Republicans prosecute Biden. Let's get her out of the way. I mean him out of the way so we can get her in. Kamala. It's not like they have a strong bench. No, I don't think so. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call, but I don't think so. Hold on a second. Let's go to Stephanie Fort Thomas, Kentucky on the Mark Levin app. Yes, Stephanie. Oh, I hope you feel better. Your voice sounds a little rough, but I still I sound like Carol Channing, don't I? <laughs> you do, and I love her. <laughs> Mark, what I'm well, talking she's about... she's not with us anymore, you know. I know she isn't. I know. She was yes, wonderful, yes. though. She, yes, she was. You what? Yes. Go so, a New Yorker article. This is back in 1995. All right? The world mm. according to George Soros. With the Clinton administration, Soros, a newly turned Democrat, has made the kind of inroads that he was unable to make before. He was in there to see Bill Clinton about Bosnia. So then they're talking about, but he has cultivated excellent relationships with high-ranking officials in the State Department and at the Treasury. He has opened a Washington office, which, as one Soros associate told me, this woman said, will function as, quote, his State Department, end quote. Mm-hmm. I just think that kind of explains a lot about You're Soros. Right. What, what, where'd you find that? I found it. It's from the New Yorker. It's January 23rd, 1995, by Connie okay. Brock. All um, right. It says it's called The World. Yeah. All right. I appreciate that. Good find there. Thank you. Let's continue. Vernon in Oregon. XM Satellite. Vernon, how are you? Oh, wow, Mark. I have been wanting to talk to you for a while. I listen Thank to you, you all the time, and uh, <laughs> you're actually kind of funny. Uh, I appreciate it. Even that. though I, I realize you're serious, yet you have a a uh, sense of humor and we we all appreciate it so anyhow i am all american i love our country and uh, i served in the marine corps thank you in combat and uh i got tbi so not quite playing with a full deck of cards but i i keep pushing the staff off staff off the bad stuff but i did go in the army and 
I had a break in service, went in the Army for a while, and uh, I'd seen uh, multi-tours in combat in both Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, what I wanted to say about Afghan is that, you know, I hear politicians or have heard in the past, oh, well, you know, we don't want it in this war. We need to get out. It's about time. And I get that, but, you know, we really put a lot of investment into that country, mm-hmm. right or wrong, mm-hmm. reestablishing, blah, blah, blah. But meantime, we served a purpose there, and that was, you know, yeah, we got Saddam or uh, bin Laden, but we broke up al-Qaeda, we broke up mm-hmm. the Taliban, uh, ISIS, Mm-hmm. And so we kept them broken up and out of power, and we prevented them from dispatching globally. But at the same time, we nurtured the Afghan government and the people to strive towards becoming more independent. And so it allowed, we had security there and allowed our private sector, not the Chinese, by and large, to gain revenue through their precious minerals and metals for satellites and rocket ships and you name it. This is all my perspective from boots on the ground. And, and, what and you fought there. So I, I would tell you, I would tell you, uh, you make some excellent points. You make some very, very good points. And I want to thank you for your service. And uh, you hang in there. God bless you, my friend, and thanks for being out there. That's Vernon from Oregon. Let us go to Maggie, St. Louis, Missouri, the Show Me State, Sirius Satellite. Maggie, don't be Maggie Haberman. Be more like Maggie Thatcher. Go right ahead. Good evening, Mark. I enjoy your show to the max, and uh, I enjoyed you. your book, uh, American Marxism, um, I had uh, I got it uh, listening to it. I had to go buy a hardcover so I could look up some of the words. Well, um, sorry but anyway, about that. yeah, I'm that. No, that's okay. That's my fault. Um, no, I slacked up. Um, <laughs> no, I, I called about Roy Blunt. Yes, and I'm glad that he out of Washington as far as being in the legislature goes, but I'm sorry to hear that he's now um, trying to turn people around because uh, last summer I heard an interview uh, or a story about his son who is like um, the right-hand man to Soros. Wait, 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 wait. Roy Blunt's son? Yes. You sure about that? I'm positive. Well, first, I was going to say Roy Blunt has really been a placeholder for a long time. Just, uh, you know, he just votes along to go along, which is exactly what we don't need right now. We need help. And this guy's incapable of it. So if he's going off some office to make some money, he gives a damn. But that's what a lot of these guys do. They never go home. You know, he's not he won't be back living in Missouri. He'll be visiting Missouri. But he's been that way for a long time, unfortunately. All right, I can't vouch for what you said. Not that I'm questioning it, but we'll have to look into that, Maggie. And I want to thank you for your call there in St. Louis, Missouri. Let's see if we can slip another one in, Mr. Producer, before the break. Paul, 
Reno, Nevada. They great KKOH. I like Reno. How are you, Paul? Thank. You. Oh, horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. No, I'm a I'm a Vietnam vet. Okay, I'm. Uh, I Thank have PTSD you. and all kinds of. Other, but that's irrelevant. The whole thing of it is, uh, Donald Trump was indicted uh, the other day illegally. Mm-hmm. Now we're we're we veterans here are wondering. What is really going on in the United States? Do we have a law anymore? Because we no. don't see it. No, we're losing the country. The uh, the American Marxists—they don't care about the law. They try to tear this country down. I don't mean just verbally. They're they're destroying our law. They're destroying our constitution. Uh, they don't like the citizenry, so they're changing the citizenry. They don't like the economic system, so they're changing the economic system. It's full bore right now. It's no joke. It's the real deal. It's taking place. And uh, there's a handful of politicians who see it. Trump sees it. DeSantis sees it. Uh, I think Pompeo sees it. Maybe a couple others. You know, uh, the Hindenburg in New Jersey, uh, Chris Christie, he doesn't see a damn thing. Or this guy in uh, New Hampshire, Chris Sununo, who's on a constant M&M's high, uh, he doesn't see it either. So we need people who see it in office to help us fight it. Paul, I want to thank you for your service. I want to wish you well in your health. I have to take a break. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Turns out Maggie from St. Louis, Missouri is 100% correct. Roy Blunt's son uh, has worked with Soros, and he was working with Soros to stop the Michigan voter integrity law. These, these people are so sleazy. They're such chameleons. Liberal Dark Money Group 1630 Fund, this is the Washington Free Beacon, has spent $2.5 million opposing a Republican-led petition drive to expand Michigan's voter ID requirements. Nearly 400000 of that money has gone to Ground Game Political Solutions, a shadowy consulting firm that a trio of Republican operatives, including Senator Roy Blunt's son, Andy Blunt, privately launched in May 2021 corporate filing show, that is uh, absolutely unbelievable. Harmeet Dillon writes, or tweeted at the time, and the bag man for the Soros-funded payment to pay not to play, drum roll, Republican political operatives, including Senator Roy Blunt's son. Talk about swampy. By the way, the same Blunt team has opened up shop in several states. And we have information tonight that Roy Blunt is now a member of one of these firms in Washington, D.C., that he's going to cut short his, or he's not going to run again, either one, his uh, Senate career in order to uh, now, uh, you know, cash in. There's got to be something done about this. There really does. This is so sick. No wonder these people do not listen to us. Once you get elected to a six-year term, they turn their back on us. They just, they just, they don't give a damn. 
That's what they figure. They figure I'm beholden to nobody. I don't even have to go back to Missouri. I'm not running again. That's why they're never going to support Convention of States. That's why they're never going to support the House Republicans in trying to slash spending and programs. We have a a completely corrupt ruling class in Washington, D.C. Roy Blunt, what a jackass. You know, it's around tax season, and those famous words from a real American president, Reagan, come back to mind. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. Government isn't helping you. Their spending addiction is driving up inflation, pushing up the cost on everything from groceries to gas. Then to add insult to injury, they raise your taxes. This Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, if you can't watch it, I hope you will go ahead and DVR it. I know many of you will be celebrating Easter, so please do that. We're going to have the great Newt Gingrich on to help give us some comments on this. He's been away for a while. And we're going to have Bradley Smith, the former chairman of the Federal Election Commission, uh, who I think will put the final nail on this whole issue of Donald Trump and federal campaign laws. But I know it's going to be fantastic. I know it's going to be intriguing. Uh, And, of course, I will have my opening statement, which I haven't given yet. So I think you'll like that as well. Uh, Do we have time for a call or no? Little over a minute, David, Los Angeles, California, 870 the answer. Go right ahead. Yeah, good afternoon, Mark. It's great to speak to you again. I'll be quick since I have a minute. Um, I know, and you know, of course, but your listeners should know, how corrupt the Democrats have been and how they've sold this out to the Chinese for two decades. You can start with Carter, what happened with the Panama Canal, now the Chinese, of course, given the Panama Canal and then the Chinese now managing that. You can talk about all the... Science and technology from our universities that we've been giving to the Chinese that Carter put in place in the 80s. Uh-huh. You can take Clinton. He gave you better get to your punchline fast. To the Chinese. Yep, and the other thing, the biggest thing... All right, I got to go. I apologize. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all the uh, <coughs> truckers, men and women in, in Taiwan and Ukraine. God bless you all. And you in this audience... God bless each and every one of you, and I'll see you tomorrow.